0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good
1: to see everybody. Good to see everybody. I'm going to get everybody in a bad mood right now. Man had a dream one night. He dreamed that the Lord visited him and said, when you wake up in the morning, if you remember this dream, ask me what you want and I'll give it to you. So the morning when the man woke up, he remembered the dream. And he said, the Lord said, what do you want? He said, Lord, you know, I'm afraid of flying. And I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. Could you build a bridge from Los Angeles to Honolulu across the Pacific Ocean? And God said, well, that's not really in my things to do today. He said, well, Lord, if you can't do that, can you help me with a wife and three daughters? The Lord said, Do you want a four lane bridge or a two lane bridge? That's pretty cute. Now, I heard that from a man that pastors a large church. So if you run out on me, I'm going to tell you where I heard it, and then you go get on him because I got it from him. It's good to see everybody tonight. Are you happy to be in church on Wednesday night? Hallelujah. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? You know, I had a goal in my mind of what I wanted to see here tonight in number, and we've already exceeded it well beyond what I even dreamed about tonight, because I knew the COVID, and I knew things were going to be tough getting back into the rhythm of Wednesday night. But folks, when you get into this rhythm, I promise you, it is the greatest night of your week. Wednesday night, halftime, timeout time at Christian Life Austin. I promise you tomorrow and the next day and Saturday will be so nice for you. It's just like, it's just like watching something for an hour on TV. Only well, You don't get to get up and go get a Coke or go use the bathroom. You sit here for about an hour and you listen to the Word of the Lord and you walk out of here feeling good because there's nothing can lift you like the washing of the water by the Word. Amen. <laughs> nothing can lift you like that. Nothing. Where's Roger and Carolyn Bain? Where are you folks? Where are you sitting? I I lost you. Where are you sitting? Where's Roger and Carolyn sitting? Where are you at? Where are you at? Y'all stand up. Would you stand up? Stand up. Right there. Roger and Carolyn Bain. And Mark and Sandy Godfrey. Mark and Sandy, would y'all stand up? Where's Sandy? She's in the life group. Okay. Y'all see this couple right here? Y'all see that gentleman right there that's lost his wife? Right there. These are our care pastors. And I want us to salute them. They are such behind-the-curtain workers. They absolutely take care of people in this church continually. Both of these men are retired. Their wives are such capable encouragers. And I want us to give them a great hand clap tonight of appreciation for all they are. Amen. I love you folks. I love you folks. I love you. I love you, Mark. I love you, Roger. I love you, Carolyn. That's good people right there. That's good people. Good folk. You may be seated. Wow, what a joy. I just felt like introducing them tonight. And while I'm at it, hello everybody. And everybody that heard that, I love you. I love you. Now, I want to talk tonight and start a series on the life God blesses. Is that big enough? (laughs) My sermon won't be quite that great but that is a big sign. If you can't see that, go to the eye doctor tonight, (laughs) not tomorrow, and let your wife or husband drive home tonight. You stand, I'd appreciate it. I'm talking tonight on the quality of the soul, the quality of the soul. We're talking about souls tonight. Romans chapter 12 said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Give the word a hand clap. The life God blesses. If you're a guest here tonight and you're standing by somebody and you turn to them and say, I'm a guest, I want you the one that you turn to, I want you to give them a high five, not an air five, but a high five, and then wash your hands with that stuff and be seated. (laughs) Give them a high five. New new people tonight. Let's give them a hand. All right. God bless. There's not a person in the house here tonight that does not want to be blessed by the Lord. Am I right? Everybody, we all have desires to have God's favor and blessing on our life. And as bad as you desire this, God wants it for you more than you want to have it. It's His desire. So let's get started on the story today. I want to tell you a story of Michael Plant. He was an awesome seaman, he dominated sailboat racing back in the 70s and 80s. Here's his picture. There he is, good looking old boy. He'd be nice on the front row, wouldn't he? And he had a boat called the Coyote. That's his boat right there, the Sleek Coyote. He wanted badly to go to France, leave it up, and defeat the elite French in sailboat racing. And one day in 1992, he set sail to go to France on a boat called the Coyote. Actually, it was a sail around the world trip that included stopping in France, and he said, in kicking the Frenchman's boats (laughs) and beating them. Sailboat had all the trappings of excellence. He was a master at what he built. Ever conceivable high-tech mechanism was on it. The finest radios, the finest backup radios, the sails, the finest boat building. Not one thing on the Coyote was second rate. Yet, 11 days into his journey, Michael Plant disappeared. And he disappeared for life, never to be found again. Scientists went out, people that study oceans went out and finally found the boat, but they never found Mike. And they discovered that the reason that Mike lost his life was that the four-ton steel ballast that was attached to the keel underneath the water line, that four-ton ballast had somehow detached itself in the roughness of the water And the sailboat with no underwater weight, no stability, flipped and all was lost and Michael Plant was never found again, which causes me to want to teach tonight these life lessons that people that I pastor need to stay afloat on the ways of life, that we don't need to be capsized, we don't need to be turned over. That the strength of this life is not what is seen, but what is not seen. The balancer of life is what is below the waterline, not what is above the waterline. It matters not what people see at you or see in you. It matters what they know about you and what your soul and your heart's all about. First Peter said, "Let it not be the outward adorning; it's not how you dress yourself up." But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is a great price. So for the next four weeks, we begin a journey talking about the soul, the unseen part of man, the part that's under the waterline, the part that can't be seen when a boat is coming at you. It's that part called the ballast that attaches itself to the keel and holds you steady. The soul, God's breath part. He breathed into man, the breath of life. Man became a living soul. The soul, the fulcrum of life. Man is a spirit with a soul in a body. He's not a body with a soul and spirit. He is a spirit. God created spirit first with a soul wrapped by a body. And and that soul is the fulcrum between flesh and spirit. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The soul is your decider. It's your decision maker. It's the thing that says, this is what I will do today. And this is what I will not do today. That's the soul. David said in Psalms 23, he restores my soul. He restores it. The soul is mentioned 341 times, folks, in the Old Testament. And 100 of those are in the book of Psalms. David talked about the soul a lot. He said in Psalms 30, O oh Lord, it's not on the screen. You brought my soul up from the grave. He said, you will not leave my soul in hell. In Psalms 35, he said, my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. My soul pants for you, O oh God. In Psalms 42, he said, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. Psalms 42 and 5, you got to get this now. He said, why are you cast down, O my soul? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And folks, not only in 42 and 5 did he write that verse, in 42 and 11, he wrote the same verse again. He had some soul talk. In chapter 43, verse 5, he wrote the same phrase again. Because David did not want to live with a cast Down, soul. I don't want a person that I pastor to ever feel like their soul is cast down. I want you to have a soul that is enriched by the favor and the blessing of God. I want your decision making to be a wonderful time in your life and I want you to understand that God is for you and if God be for you, who can be against you? And I want to do the favor of God in my life. The soul, the soul. So allow me to speak about spirituality tonight, not just about a spiritual experience, but about spirituality. There's a difference. And learning how to discipline the soul and how to have what I call soul talks like David had, like the woman that had the issue of blood had. She said, if I can just touch his garment, I will be made whole. That's a soul talk. And understanding that spirituality is far greater than a spiritual experience. Let me say it again. You've got to understand that spirituality is far greater than just a spiritual experience. Christians that have below waterline strength are different from folks who do not have that. They have a peace. They have a tranquility. And they they are in this thing called Christ until they finish. And they will finish strong. Let me back up and ask you. Are you going to finish stronger than what you started? Come on now. Are you going to finish? Are you going to finish? It's not how you start. Come on. Let's hear it. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. we got to have a kick in the last 10 yards. we got to finish strong. I want to finish strong in this church. I read about a man who spent his life in oil and gas exploration and He had been very successful and he knew the business and his last few years were tough. He had his shares of ups and downs and oil and gas, but due to prices and a hostile economy, he was just about to exit from the business, flirting with bankruptcy. Then he had a reversal of fortune. One final drill. He said, let's do it one more time, guys, just for fun. And it produced immediate results. A reservoir of natural gas was struck and it proceeded. It produced 3.5 million cubic feet of gas in one day, great enough to produce plans for a second drilling. And after all, they could double the production, so joy and happiness and thrills in their heart filled the air. But 45 days, folks, into this bonanza, the flow dramatically diminished. 45 days to 1 million cubic feet a day. Hardly enough to cover cost of drilling and production. The results, deep, deep disappointment. And the man felt foolish and he was embarrassed. Allow me to discuss some things tonight. The difference between hidden quality versus visible quality. Beneath the water line versus above the water line. I want to tell you how I feel about preaching this tonight. I need my soul to produce in this hour. I don't need to be a man of words. I need to be a man of actions. I need to make decisions that will favor my family and favor this church and favor my life and favor what God wants to do in my life. I need to make the proper choices and that's why we come to church to understand how to make the right decisions in life. Clap your hands real big. I need my soul to be still and know that he is God. I need my soul to have something beautiful for God, to be resourceful for others and to be stabilizing for me. I'm preaching to me before I preach to you. Here's a question, is my soul like a well? Is it like a well whose output, if sustained, will lead to prosperity of spirit? Or is it one of promise, just promise, with initial output, yet performing just long enough to disappoint? Here's the real question I want to ask. Can I last? Can I last? A lot of preachers I started with in seminary, cemetery, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Forgive me, Sister Galbraith but your Old Testament history class was as boring as anything I've ever had in my life. And I know you're going on to your reward. But when I see you one day, we're going to talk about your history class, your Old Testament history. (laughs) Can I last? You need to ask yourself those questions. Or am I just a blast? Am I just a 45-day performer? Has my per cubic output diminished in knowing God all these years? Or have I replenished and gotten stronger in my service to God? Is my faith better than it used to be? Is my spirit greater than it used to be? And I'm cli- am I climbing or am I diminishing? And I'm going forward. Am I crescendoing or am I diminuendoing? Am I going backwards? Where am I at in this thing? Is my, fa- is my faith getting louder or is it getting quieter? Is my faith, can it stand the test or will it not past the next trial. That's where we are tonight. It's called soul talk. And I don't want to be somebody that can't last. I want to last in this thing. I want to last in this thing. I have discovered, please understand, I'm not throwing stones, but I have discovered some people during this COVID time have gotten into bad, bad habits and they have forgotten their commitment to God and to giving and to the principle of righteousness. Righteousness. But I'm thankful for you and you that are listening online tonight that can't be here. I'm grateful that you have kept your commitment to God because there's nothing greater than going through a whole year of crisis and never wavering in your faith. As one old boy used to say that came out of devil worship and became a Christ preacher, He told told us one time, he said, I've walked over bigger than you getting to a fight. He told an old boy one time, and I'm going to tell you something, we're going to walk over bigger things than COVID getting to the glory world. But we're still here. Come on, we're still here. We are still here. We're still here. Abraham and Lot, uncle and nephew, came to the promised land. Where Abe went, Lot went. When Abe prospered, Lot prospered. If you would have visited both, you would have been impressed with both. You might have been drawn to Lot because he was younger. He was more energetic and Abe was probably bald headed and about 71. <laughs> you might have said about Lot, he has a deep soul. He's greatly blessed of God. He gushes with personality. We had would would all been wrong. Even though he was called in the Bible a preacher of righteousness, there were two different men at the soul level. It came to the surface after they separated. One took the well-watered plains, the other the hill country. One became a better man, the other a worse man. Abraham's life ended awesomely. God's hall of fame in Hebrews 11. lost tragically. He sired two sons by his own daughters after Sodom and Gomorrah burned, and his wife was turned to a pillar of salt in Zoar and created the Moabite's and the Ammonites two of the greatest most fierce enemies of God's people. Lot was a streaking comet in life. Then lost his direction. He looked good under the right circumstances, influential connections. Yet he looked awful under wrong circumstances and bad connections. He was a product of man's influences, not the influencer. Lot's life was simply this. Sudden promise Then sudden loss. Can I declare, not to this church, but to the church in general around America, there's too much of that in the church today. Sudden starts, high hope, and then sudden loss. Let me tell you something. Every day is not going to be just a great, great day, but every day is going to be a God day. Once you come in contact with the God that I'm preaching about right now. Oh, I feel like clapping my hands right now. Every day won't be a great day, but ever be a be a, a God day, a God day in your life. <clears throat> Lot's life was simply this: There's too much of what Lot was, but the man Abraham practiced authentic spirituality. Lot practiced spiritual experiences. I bring this church two concepts tonight: spirituality, say spirituality, spirituality. Versus, versus spiritual experiences. Now. I am not trying to put one down and lift the other high. One will last, the other will not. And I'm not far from finishing. Probably about another hour and a half. (laughs) Uh, Let me define, let me define spirituality. It's a long thing. So if you want to take pictures of the screen, it's a long phrase. It's the efforts involved and the benefits gained when one chooses to organize his or her life around the soul and its capacity to commune with God. Spirituality, number two, is a journey in the company of the Creator, in which He is permitted to guide the way and provide strength and offer sustenance. Number three, it means taking one's cue, not from the world around you, but the inner world, out of which bubbles convictions and decisions, and discernment. It refers to the inner demeanor, the conduct and character of a person. And number four, it's charity that suffers long. It is the imminent something beneath the waterline, the ballast, the stabilizer, the anchor,
0: the unseen man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Somewhere in your life, you're going to have to come to a point in your life where you say, God, if I get down to nothing, I'm still going to serve you. I'm going to love you. There's an Old Testament word that means that if God does nothing else, it's called dinu. If God does nothing else for me, it does not matter. I'm going to serve him till the day that I see him one day. You hear me. We're not promised green lights and paved roads all the way to heaven, but we
0: are promised a God that will walk with us and stand beside us and go down with us and pick us up. I feel that. Here's what spirituality
1: is not it's not knowing more Bible stories. It's not memorizing more verses. It's not hyperactivity in church activities. It's not necessarily possessing a highly defined doctrinal position regarding biblical issues and fussing with everybody that don't agree with you. It's not expounding deep theological mysteries that wow people. It's not necessarily more dreams and more visions and more more glossolalia, more tongues, more manifestations that puts one person in the spotlight and takes the focus off of Jesus. It's not none of those six, but it's a life, Of purpose. I want every father in the house to say purpose. Purpose. I want every mother in the house to say purpose. Purpose. I want every single in the house to say purpose. Purpose. I want everybody that's not that say purpose. Purpose. (laughs) Amen. Not aimless. Not reading Mark's gospel, but knowing the author of Mark's gospel. Knowing the source, the quality. Or as one writer put it, I love this. It's going to be one of my favorite lines tonight. It's the cave of the tiger. It's the cave of the tiger, which means God is to be totally respected in every phase of my life. Wow. You know, when the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, when they wrote When they wrote the name of God in in the word, they would take a break and go wash themselves and wash their hands and change their garment and come back and write some more because the name of God was so holy. I want our soul to capture that. I want our soul to capture that because I want this church to be blessed. I don't want God just to be an afterthought. I don't want God just to be an asterisk. I want God to be the center not the circumference of my life. I want him to be right here in my thoughts, in my ways, in my disciplines. I don't want to ignore him. I don't want nothing about Jesus to be second. I want him to be right here. I want him to be my hope, not just hype. I want him to be my praise, not just performance. I want him to be my worship, not just a magic wand or a butler waiting on me. I want Jesus to know that my soul my soul cries out to him, "Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise God for saving me. Woo Hallelujah! Anybody feel like this giving him a praise tonight? Anybody feel like giving him a praise tonight?
0: Glory Glory. Yeah.
1: So what is a spiritual experience? I don't want to sound sacrilege. But sometimes it's just that, an experience. It's a quick fix for the emotion of the mind rather than the soul. It's just for the moment. It's more tranquilizing and stimulating than anything spirituality gives. Please understand this, please. Your life started in Christ with a spiritual experience. Mine did. I found Jesus at seven, received the Holy Spirit at nine. I got baptized when I was eight. I had a seven, eight, nine years of goodness in my life. But we need those continued touches from time to time. We need rekindling. The disciples received the Holy Spirit in the Acts 2 in the upper room, but they went back in Acts 4 and got a refilling. That's necessary in your life. That's why it's good. The people came for a refilling. The fire needs to glow. We need to take in services and we need to take out services. We need both. We live in a world of intensity. 30-second spots on TV will absolutely stimulate you on Sunday during the the Super Bowl. In fact, that may be my favorite part of the Super Bowl, the commercials. It gives you every emotion. It lifts you up, and then it's over. It's over. I I heard about an old preacher. In fact, I heard him preach. Said he was beside the road one day with a flat and there was a bunch of trash on the side of the road and said an 18-wheeler came by and it caught some napkins and threw those napkins up in the air. The The force of the air underneath them and the breeze of the truck elevated those napkins. Then when the truck left and the air was gone, the napkins floated back down to the earth. Great eruption, then a fizzle. I don't want my life to be this and then this. This and then this understand I'm not teaching against spiritual experiences, but we must develop spirituality from our experiences in God. Sometimes, somewhere, somehow, why not now? Why not right now? Why repeat 101 again? Why don't we go up a class? Why don't we get into middle middle school? Why don't we go to high school? Why don't we try to get in a college course with Jesus this year? Why don't we keep elevating our soul to him and saying, God, I want to go deeper in you. I want to go greater with you. I want to do more than I've ever done in my life. Now would be a good time to start right now on this first Wednesday night of 2021 in church. We need to be like Job that understood that God gave and he took away and he said, though he slay me, watch this, yet will I trust him. I will trust him. Though he slay me, I'm going to trust him. Not though he slay me, I'm going to quit him. But though he slay me, I'm going to trust him. Or how about the Hebrew boys that told the king, Nebuchadnezzar, our God is able. But if not, it's all right with us. We'll just go out in a blaze of glory. That's why Kenny Rogers sung that song about the Hebrew boys. No, I'm teasing. But it's it's all right to understand that God is for us so much in our life that we can trust him when we're down. We can believe in him when everything's going against us. That's spirituality. That's not emotion. That's saying, whatever comes
0: my way, I will trust in you all my days.
1: I'm finished. Randy, if you'll come. Yates wrote, My 50th year had come and gone. I love this. I sat a solitary man in a crowded London shop, an open book, an empty cup on a marble tabletop. And while on, that, on the shop and street I, gl- I gazed, my body for a moment blazed. And 20 minutes more or less, it seemed so great my happiness that I was blessed and could bless. What was happening, Mr. Yates? Nothing except just sitting there and feeling presence. Not an experience, not a parade going by, an empty coffee cup, a book folded, and he's sitting there for 20 minutes and just feeling a rush of blessing. That's what God wants to do to your soul. He wants to give you that. Spirituality is a well that never runs dry. A spiritual experience is impressive, but short-term. Here it is. Here's a spiritual experience. Breakfast is cereal and sugar. Instant energy. Two hours later, it's gone. But spirituality is (laughs) fruit-filled. Carries you through the morning. A spiritual experience makes you want to shout, makes you want to dance, makes you have fireside services and logs on the fire, and you pull it out and tell a story, and the log finally goes out because it's got out of the fire. I did something last night wasn't good, but I will be better. You make those confessions. Some of these last no more than the next Sunday. Please understand, there are exceptions, always are. But here's what I want to declare this is very simple. It's not the will of God to leave here on Sunday and not be able to live seven days in the presence of God all week. What's your point, Pastor? I want to separate spiritual experiences and spirituality. Spiritual experiences tend to center on three perceptions. You can see them on the board. You can take pictures. Reflects powerful feelings of regret we have about something that has or has not happened in our past. You know that's true. Number two, we build upon a profound feeling of ecstasy we have about the present. Stirred by music and talk and a sense of camaraderie or a shock of something terrible happening. Or number three, it occurs as we're drawn to some great feeling of resolve or intention about the future. Simon Peter, the third of these perceptions got him. He said, Jesus, I will die for you if need be. Jesus knew his heart, he knew he wanted to do right. So he said, You feel good now, Simon, but when crunch time comes, you will deny me. And Simon did. There's four things about spiritual experience. It requires little discipline of the soul. A person can get stimulated, have intense feelings. Jesus saw this on Palm Sunday. They waved palm branches and said, Hosanna. They crucified him on Friday. People can change. It's a matter of motion more than anything else. How many of y'all still, when you hear the Star Spangled Banner, get those, those goosebumps? the hair on your arm stands up on on your neck and oh say I always said let me sing one time I'd preach that song but doesn't it feel good to hear the Star Spangled Banner makes one feel proud and then you hear about drive-bys and people getting murdered and killed kind of takes away the joy emotion swings you can't build your life on motions number three Spiritual experiences have shelf short shelf life. Peter walked on the water one day for a little while. Some people dream of this. He used to be a guy in this church that his dream was always to walk on water. And one day we was coming back from Waco, we'd gone to a conference and it was an icy day and there was a pond that had ice on it. And one of the one of the members of our church still goes here. He said, Pastor, stop the van. Hey, buddy, you can go walk on the water. It's ice. Go walk on the water. That's been your dream. That's that doesn't prove anything. But here's what you got to understand. When Peter started sinking, there was a man named Jesus picked him up and carried him back to the boat. That's who you ought to give glory to. That's right. And the fourth thing spiritual experiences bring, it tends to bring perverse horror of exaltation to the actor in the experience instead of the Jesus that blessed you with the experience. Please Listen. Man's chief end is to glorify God, not man. And when self is exalted, God is probably not present. One of my heroes of life, there's the music ready to go. One of the heroes of life, my life, was a man named Tom Barnes, pastor in Minden, Louisiana. He was a fabulous faith healer. If I had a sickness, I'd want to drive to Minden. Let Brother Tom Barnes pray for me. He was powerful. But when he was a young man, he had this concept. That he, uh, that he wanted to have a, a healing revival. So he made this big old sign, big old sign, said, Tent Revival, come see Tom Barnes Healing Crusade. And he went to pray and God said, Tom, I hope you have a good time tonight trying to heal them people. You didn't even reference me. And Tom went out and tore that sign up and made a new one said, come tonight, Jesus heals took his name off (laughs) sin sin wants to come on all of us temptation wants to come on all of us one man said it this way ma'am if you knew who I really was on the inside you wouldn't even speak to me people who live from spiritual experience to spiritual experience suffer burnout and spiritual fatigue I want you to stand to your feet Jesus was in the garden praying. He asked three disciples, can you not watch with me for just one hour? His cross time was near. Fatigue had set in to him and three men. Those boys had left the upper room very high, went to the garden dry. No disciple but John was at Calvary. And when Jesus was questioned about his doctrine and disciples by Pilate, He talked about his doctrine. He said, I spoke openly in the temple. I have nothing to hide about my doctrine. But he never said a word about his disciples because he couldn't. There were no shows. Three things spiritual experiences can do. It can leave us cynical, resistant to further blessings and sometimes make people look foolish and unreliable. And this is my final story and I close. My little boy and I had a favorite show we used to love to watch. It was called The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. If you've got a problem with that, we'll talk in heaven. (laughs) Don't talk to me about it now. He was mine and my son's hero. From the pages of yesteryear, the mask rider for the plains with his faithful Indian companion. That made me feel like I could whip the world when I heard those three words, faithful Indian companion. Can I tell you, I can preach the gospel because I have a faithful God companion. He ain't going away. He's not going to retire. You can't put him out of business and you can't defeat him. And my soul is hungry for his blessings on my life. I want to be blessed by the God of heaven, amen? I want to have a spirituality in my life. I want to walk with him. I want to live the life he wants me to live. If it's here, I'm going to walk. If it's there, I'm going to walk. If it's on the plains, I'm going to walk. I'm just going to walk with him every day because he is my God. I want you to pull out your cups tonight. Somebody get me one. I left mine over there. Somebody bring me one, please. Thank you so much, dear. I appreciate that. This is the gluten-free. Only in Austin. That's all right, sweetheart. I know it. Only in Austin, gluten-free. I was raised in sundown. Level air. Hey, guys, y'all did so good tonight. Y'all did so good tonight. I want you to take the bread tonight, and, 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 and let's do this beautifully tonight, okay? I want you to take the bread. And I want you to make this statement with me. Jesus... I'm going to have some soul talk this week. And I'm going to say, soul, let's do this Jesus thing right. Let's do this God thing right. Amen. Let's believe that God is our hope, our help, our strength, our comfort, our deliverer. Believe that. In Jesus' name, receive it tonight. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Woo!
1: Feels good, doesn't it? Then I want you to take the. You know, I wish wish they'd give us a little more portion here. (laughs) Because it doesn't quite wash that unleavened bread down (laughs) I'm not trying to be funny it's just how I think
0: everybody say what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fountain I know nothing but the blood of Jesus lifted up
1: to the heavens say Lord thank you for your blood that was shed for me on the cross I love you Lord I want to do your will I want to walk by your word in the way that you have prepared I love you I receive this to myself right now amen clap your hands to the Lord Clap your hands to the Lord. A beautiful first Wednesday night. Beautiful first Wednesday night. You have two more minutes. I said 835. It's going to be about 840, but you have two more minutes. Sing a little bit, kids. Sing a little bit. Lift your hands in the air and let it bless your soul. Come
0: on. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Ah, what a sight say
1: your hands father I I love these people I'm so happy that you have called me to Austin Texas thank you for that call thank you because I said yes you have put people into my life that have made me so much better just walking with great godly people have made me such a better person God iron sharpens iron and I thank you for wonderful members and wonderful Saints And Lord, those that are struggling with their spirituality, let them have soul talks this week and say, hey, soul, let's don't be cast down anymore. We're going to make this thing. It's going to work. We're going to work. We're going to live for God all the days of our life. We're going to make the right decisions, decisions of the spirit, not decisions of the flesh. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I love you tons. Sunday morning is going to be fun pastor's going to be ministering. I love to see you in the house of God. Let's have a super day on Super Bowl Sunday. Let's have a great day here. We're going to have good church, great church here. I love you. I love you. God bless you. Be safe going home.